Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast with the listeners in more than 100 countries. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning global PR agency specialized in hospitality and travel. And I'm Michael Ann Stendig, editor-in-chief of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning co-author of The Japanese Hour of the Cocktail, and a food and beverage writer. Helping the community has always been part of our agency's mission. We understand that a lot of business owners, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, and others might not have the resources to hire a PR agency. So we created our podcast so that our listeners can get to know leading reporters and writers and start building relationships. Each week, our media guests from around the globe share their practical advice on how hospitality and travel professionals can be spotlighted in their stories. In fact, one of our loyal listeners got featured in the New York Times after listening to our podcast and following our media guests' tips. So, you could be next. Also, please send your favorite pitching tips from the episode to hello at hanaleecommunications.com for a chance to win a copy of our agency's book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail. And now, moving on to the show. In this episode, we're excited to chat with Nick Guy, senior writer for BuySide from WSJ, the Wall Street Journal's product review and recommendation site. Nick has been reviewing personal technology, accessories, and myriad other products for more than a decade. Previously, he was a senior staff writer at the New York Times' Wirecutter and has also written about coffee and cocktails for Serious Eats. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. So great to see you. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's really our pleasure. So in this episode, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, usually, we speak with journalists who cover hospitality and travel. But this time, we wanted to get an insider peek into the product side of the industry. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, let's talk about your previous career covering coffee and cocktails for Serious Eats. How did you find your passion for these topics? That's right. Yeah. So Serious Seats was one of one of many steps I took along the way to uh, to my current position. Um, I've always been uh, a food a food person, uh, and you know, especially growing up, uh, you know, in the you know two thousands and two thousand tens, seeing cocktail culture and coffee culture really grow had a big impact on me. I grew up in, in Buffalo, New York, where it was a, a pretty, you know, pretty small town. And so I had the, the fortune to be able to kind of see that blossom up. Whereas I think in a bigger city, it can be kind of overwhelming, but because there were limited options and, and only a few people doing, doing these great things, I really got to see it firsthand and have some great experiences there. You are also a Bar Smarts certified bartender. Can you tell us what that means and what it takes to achieve that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in addition to journalism, because I've had this love for for food and hospitality, I did spend a little bit of time bartending back in Buffalo, and I wanted to make sure I could do, you know, do a great job. Um, so, I did take the Bar Smarts certification. It's an online certification program that really kind of teaches you everything from A to Z, from how spirits are made to preparing 
preparing juices and and of course it also goes into the recipe so how to make a manhattan how to make a martini um i found that to be a really valuable program i still i printed out the uh, the online textbook and i still have that in three ring binder i think down by my bar cart that's dedication yeah. so why did you shift to covering consumer product yeah so when i when i first got into journal journalism actually in 2011 or so um i started i was covering apple and technology um for for an apple focused website uh and i i actually didn't plan on getting into journalism it was it was a stroke of luck i was working at the apple store at the time and struck up a friendship with the person who happened to be the editor-in-chief of of this site and I'm again very fortunate. He saw something in me. He knew, he knew that I had a, a kind of a passion for this topic, and he said, "Hey, you know, we're expanding. Do you want to come review iPhone cases for a living with us?" That was that was my job for about three years, day in and day out, was reviewing iPhone cases, which I know sounds silly, but it really gave me uh, a lot of great experience in exploring the product space, exploring materials, and I don't think I realized this at the time is really what what product review is is service journalism and and i found that that's what really matters to me is it's an opportunity to help people make great decisions and you want to make sure it's as unimpeachable as anything else that might appear you know in print or on the web um and at the end of the day it's a chance to help people you know people are going to be spending their money and i i kind of eats me up inside to ever think that I might give bad advice that would waste people's money. So I, I, I really appreciate being able to to do the hands-on testing, uh, to do the research and be able to give people great advice that, you know, maybe it's just a tiny, tiny percent, but makes their lives a little bit better. Oh, that's very sweet. Actually, I think, you know, what you're doing is helping people spend money smarter. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so, you know, I mentioned I had been at that Apple website and Wirecutter and now I'm at BuySide at the Wall Street Journal. Um, and that's, that's exactly the approach we, we take. We want to make sure that we're giving people really great advice and helping them make smart buying decisions that are going to leave them, you know, a little bit happier and, you know, not have to deal with that stress of, of doing all the research and making the decisions themselves. We want to be that trustworthy source that gives them the great information, uh, in a really, you know, digestible but trustworthy package. Can you describe what your current role at Byside entails? Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, a senior writer um, and a few different sides to it. Uh, so Byside's relatively new. We just launched in June of 2022. So uh, we're not even quite at a year yet. Um, but when I came uh, came over in March of 2022, we were you know building it up. Um, and it was everything from figuring out what are the different verticals we have on the site going to be? What kind of topics are we going to cover? Uh, but it was also figuring out physical space. You know, what is our testing and photography space going to look like? Um, and then I was able to also bring over, you know, I think a lot of the experience I have in the product testing space and say, here's what we want to expect from our writers. Here is how we're going to take the Wall Street Journal sensibility my background there, merge those together and get, you know, kind of the, this base level of, of who we are and what we do. Um, so at this point, you know, I do, I still do testing and writing uh, on different products. I'm also doing a lot of editing at this point. So helping find really great freelancers who can cover topics for us. And it's, yeah, every, every day is a little bit different. So what is the testing process like? 
you know, it, it depends. And that's kind of one of my favorite parts of the job because it depends on what we're what we're testing. So at buy side, we cover everything from electronics to kitchen gear to housewares. Um, I tend to focus on electronics and, and kitchenware. So when we were getting ready to launch, I was working on a story on noise canceling headphones, on drip coffee makers, on small desks. And there was there was one other and they were all different, but it's kind of fun to say, OK, Let's break it down to after talking to ex- experts and figuring out what's important in this category, let's figure out how to test for those things that are important. And so, you know, at Coffee Makers, we actually partnered with the founder of Cafe Grumpy to come into our office and taste coffee from nine different coffee makers that were made the same way. But then with headphones, I actually went to Grand Central Terminal to be in a really loud environment and see in a very practical way how effective the noise cancellation is. So it really depends, but we're always looking for practical tests. You know, there there are things you can measure for that at the end of the day probably don't matter to a lot of people and how they use a product on a daily basis. So we want to do the practical real world tests that will really show what this is going to be like day in and day out. Do you test the product mostly by yourself? Like, how big is your testing team or how does it work? So, you know, at some publications, you'll have a team of engineers who do all the testing and then report back to the writers who interpret and and write up the results. Uh, we we like to be more hands on at by side. So it's our writers doing the testing themselves. And sometimes that might just be, you know, in the case of a certain product, it might just be one person. And, you know, they're, they're always checking in with an editor and making sure that their their assumptions, their findings are correct. But it's also fun when we can have an experience where a lot of people get to try something, especially if it's something where the results are based on more subjective uh, attributes. Um, an example of that is we were testing automatic cocktail machines, kind of the, the Keurig of cocktails. And so I said, well, why don't we set up a happy hour and have a bunch of people come from across the floor? It'll be a great chance for people to you know hang out. But also that way we can do a survey and we can get 20 or 30 people to give their feedback because it comes down to taste and we want to know what people think. And I might have different tastes than someone else so we can kind of average that out. So yeah, it's, it's it's always fun whenever we can involve more people in that testing. What was it like to review the Keurig style cocktail maker? Do you see capsules making bartenders obsolete anytime soon? You know, I, I have to admit, uh, you know, and I'm, I'd say I'm a little bit of a snob, so I had very low expectations, and they were my expectations were beat. I'm not going to say that I was totally wowed and that I, you know, I I got rid of all my shakers and everything and and went for one of these, but I will say that some of the cocktails uh, were actually pretty decent, better than I expected, and there were only a handful that were actively bad. I will say uh, I, I did not care for the Negroni uh, that came out of came out of the cocktail machines. And that's, you know, it's one of my favorite cocktails. It's also one of those ones that's really easy to make and you don't really need to spend a few hundred dollars on a machine to do it. But what I found, you know, is really I could see at a party putting one of these out and rather than having to play bartender all night, you know, letting people have some fun tossing in a pod, making a drink uh, it better than I thought. And, you know, this is just the first generation. It'll be interesting to see future iterations, and hopefully they'll be upping the uh, the quality of the product. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely want to keep an eye on the space and see how they do with it. 
How do you select the categories that you cover? Do you have like an editorial calendar that you work off of, or is there a seasonal aspect to the product you cover? Yeah. So it's a little bit of both, especially with all the the testing that we do and the research that we do. Our guides, our pieces, they take a little while longer than they might at other publications. Um, we want to make sure that we give our writers enough time to to do the work correctly and to, you know, not feel rushed. So we kind of have to work back from, okay, how much time do we want to give a writer? When do we want to publish this? Seasonality is definitely a big part of it. Um, and of course, you know, we have a really excellent SEO person on our team who is able to interpret SEO in a great way where it's not just kind of the cavalier, you know, we got to hit those numbers, but really understanding how can we take a look at what people are searching for? And again, it comes back to that service part of it. How can we help them find the answers they're looking for. How do you decide which specific products to review and what is the testing criteria? So we decide uh, after talking to experts and researching the category, you know, we kind of, we use a really simple tool, but something I think is very powerful, just a color-coded spreadsheet to kind of keep track of everything we want to test. And so a writer will do the research and kind of list out you know, every single product in the category when possible, or at least the top, the top contenders, and then kind of narrow it down from there, looking at the things that you can measure, you know, just on paper. And then once that list has been narrowed down a bit, then that's when we call things in. So, and again, it's really going to be determined by the category. So you're going to figure out which attributes are the most important to any given category, kind of, and you know, rank those most highly. And then see, okay, what hits on the things that matter on this topic? And there might be something that has more qualities that it sells at that are less important. And then you might be able to say, well, but it doesn't do the big stuff. It doesn't do the important stuff. So let's set that one aside. Let's call in the rest that really, you know, again, at least on paper, hit what we're looking for. And then that's when that human expert touch uh, is important. What's the range of products that you review and what are some that would be beyond your scope? Yeah. So at BISAG, you know, we have a pretty wide ranging coverage area. So that includes everything. We've talked a little bit about kitchen and barware and coffee, personal tech, but we also have some more fashion oriented uh, beats. Uh, we're expanding into travel, which I'm really excited about. We have a really excellent editor, um, who, who really knows, you know, suitcases and travel and bags. Uh, that's definitely an area that I'm not as, as sharp on. So to have great team members who really know that and can bring that same level of expertise and care to the topic. Um, but we're, we're, you know, we're pretty across the board. We're, we're still a relatively small team and we're still new. So we're figuring out where our strengths are. Of course, we're not jumping into, you know, everything all at once. Um, but we have uh, we have a pretty pretty wide uh, coverage area right now. That's great because a lot of our listeners are frequent travelers. Sure. So I know they will find that very interesting. Yeah. Also, is there a price range to the products? Not really. So we try to be very respectful, of course, of people's wallets. Um, but we also know that the journal, the the readership, is more likely to be willing to pay when the value is there and not necessarily as constricted in their budgets. Um, but that's one thing I take very seriously is, okay, if I'm going to recommend something that's a little bit more expensive than something else, 
there needs to be a reason. It can't just be, hey, this is pricier. But if, if it can justify the price, we're not necessarily scared off by the price tag. Good to know. Um, now, uh, something that we are very passionate about, social media. Yeah. Do you ever use social media to find or research products? And if so, which platforms do you find the most effective? So I will say I was a big Twitter person for a long time, and I, I found a lot of great resources and you know people, experts uh, to talk to. Um, I haven't been using it as much lately. The past few months, I found it to be a little bit less valuable of a tool there, unfortunately. But I still do appreciate, you know, in, in whatever form it is right now, Twitter is or historically has been kind of a great equalizer where you can kind of reach out to anybody, no matter who you are. And sometimes people are going to respond. So I, I have found that to be pretty helpful. What I kind of think is interesting these days um, is Instagram. And I see a lot of Instagram ads, to be honest, where I'm personally curious, you know, that I guess they're effective because they've they've stoked my curiosity. Um, and then I, I have to think, of course, well, is this product actually living up to its claims? And if I'm thinking that our readers probably are, too. So we have tested some products that are, you know, kind of Instagram famous to, to see if they live up to the claims. Um, but I think, that, you know, that's really the thing that uh, I see. I see most often on social media these days, and that directly impacts my job. We see a lot of chefs developing their own branded cookware, kitchenware, and also bartenders creating their own lines of bar tools and things like that. So how can they get your attention? Make a great product. I mean, I know that that sounds kind of simple, but if if it's pretty obvious that it's just slapping your name on someone else's product and just, you know, really more of a labeling thing. I'm not going to be terribly interested because that's not very interesting. Um, but if there's a great product, regardless of if there's a celebrity name associated or not, if there's something that differentiates it, makes it stand out, I'm always going to be interested. And I know there absolutely are chefs and bartenders and, and hospitality professionals who have seen so much in their careers and their day-to-day -day lives. And they've said, this can be done better. Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting to find when... Uh, when that's successful. So the bottom line, do you accept products to be sent in to you? And if so, what's the procedure? We do when we plan on writing about something. And generally, it's going to be more of an ask on our part than as much accepting a pitch. Not to say that we never get an email and say that actually that product does look interesting, please do send it over. But if there is a product that comes along that either fits into a category where we've already covered or we plan on covering, or if we're working on, say, a gift guide uh, where we, we need to find some new products. We want to see what's out there. Um, in that case, we might accept those products. Um, we do have ethics standards around that, though, where we do not personally hold on to products uh, after we write about them. We either send them back or we donate them. The only really exception to that is when we do have a product that we've named one of our top picks and we want to long-term test it. We want to make sure that it holds up in the long run. So when companies are you know kind enough to allow us to hold on to those top pick products after we publish, we'll do so only so we can say, okay, six months down the line is still working as expected. Is it still a good buy? And sometimes you do find that this was great at the time and it didn't didn't last 
very well. And then, you know, you have to go back, you have to update, you have to change. Um, but I think that's an important part of it. And so, you know, that's the one exception. But otherwise, yeah, we at once we're done, we we send it back or we donate it. Fascinating to learn this process. Yeah. So where, where do you typically go for inspiration to discover new products? It depends on the category. Um, I will say as a, as a writer, it makes it a lot easier when there is an association. Like when I was writing about electric toothbrushes, I was able to find the ones that are ADA seal, you know, um, that's always helpful because you know that someone whose job it is, who's impartial has had an opportunity to say, okay, these are, these at least meet a minimum standard. But when it's a new topic, you know, if if I don't already know as much about that topic, I definitely try to read uh, other reviews and roundups um, uh, from publications I respect. And to be honest, it's a lot of time kind of, you know, curling through Amazon and trying to find products that that stand out. Um, not that we only recommend products that are on Amazon, but I think we all know that for a lot of people, that is the first and last place they do a lot of their shopping. So it's being realistic. It's 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 saying, okay, where are a majority of our readers going to be looking for this? And let's look at the same thing that they are. You know, I will say we don't rely too heavily on Amazon reviews because that that's those can very much be gamed and very much are. Uh, but at least gives you a starting point. Well speaking of shopping, can you give us the scoop on what new products in the hospitality space will be big trends in 2023? Uh, trends, yeah, it's tough. I think I think what you're seeing is a lot of specialty products that are becoming more commodified in a, in an accessible way. So I, you know, one of the products I'm testing right now is Fellow's new coffee grinder that grinds from I think they advertise. You know, it does everything from espresso to cold brew. So really kind of the finest, the fine to the coarsest, the coarse at a price that's in line with the, the sort of the mainline co uh, coffee grinders you see right now. And that's really, I'd say a, a few years ago would have cost three or four times as much. So I think because people are, I think people are willing to invest in, in these topics where you can really kind of go deep on it. Uh, and I think there's a lot of interest there. So coffee, cocktails, anything like that. But I think I think you're kind of seeing that where it's it's the higher end, but at a little bit lower price. So it's being democratized. That's ex yes, that's a great way to put it. So we call our podcast Hospitality Forward. So what organization or person is bringing innovative products and technologies that are moving the hospitality industry forward? I think that there's a lot of interesting things happening in the financial services space, which I know sounds kind of kind of strange answer to that question. But you see companies like Chase that are really investing in in the lifestyle where it's not where it's not just, hey, we're signing you up for a credit card, but it's OK, that credit card gets you points that you can use on experiences and also in the example of Chase, they purchased the Infatuation, which is a restaurant review website, and really kind of making a holistic approach. And I think you see American Express doing similar things. Um, one of the credit cards I just signed up for, and I wrote a story for BuySide about it, is the Built credit card uh, from Wells Fargo that gives you points on your rent, which for people who live in cities, you know, especially 
can be a big chunk of change. And, and, and again, really they're making a, a lifestyle out of it. So it's okay. You earn your points on a rent, but then you can transfer them to travel partners and they have capsule collections you can use your points on. And they're really trying to make it a holistic lifestyle experience. It looks like. So I think that's going to be an interesting spot to watch over the next few years and see, see how those lines kind of blur between, you know, what's just what used to be just a plastic credit card and, and now is really so much more. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of different banks are partnering with food and cocktail festivals. Yeah. So you're totally right on. Yes. Yeah. Circling back to one of your first passions, what is your favorite cocktail and who is the one person you want to drink it with and why? I, I tend to be pretty simple. I, you know, I love a Negroni. I love an old fashioned. Um, I feel like a truly great cocktail can be on that line where it's easy to mess it up. And so a lot of times I, I just want to go with my old standbys. Uh, there, there are a few bartenders that I can think of in Buffalo where I would, you know, just throw my hands up and say, please do whatever you'd like. And I just, they always knock it out of the park, but I love, I love those, those simple cocktails. Um, and you know, who, who would I love to get a drink with? I think, uh, I think Jose Andreas is such an amazing person doing such amazing things. Um, between, of course, his, his restaurant work where he's really created this empire of restaurants at this point around the world. Um, but also his humanitarian work with World Central Kitchen. You know, he, he immigrated to the United States from Spain. He put in the work to become a citizen. And I think he represents a lot of citizenship qualities that you would love to see from anybody. He's worked so hard. And I think you really see him giving back. Um, I had a chance, uh, again, being from Buffalo, we had a big storm over Christmas this year. And I had a chance to cook with World Central Kitchen just for a day. Even that was, you know, I was just making pasta, uh, but it was great to see that there are resources in place that can be there in days. And it's just about giving and helping and a warm meal, especially on a cold day, it goes so far. So if I ever had the chance, uh, plus, I think he's just a great storyteller. If you've ever had a chance to watch one of his shows or just hear him talk, he he's had some experiences and he's really good at sharing them. Yes. And actually, speaking of Buffalo, our agency is launching a New York Bartender Week later this year, which means including Buffalo, New York. So we'll be in touch with you. You can tell us your favorite bartenders and bars in Buffalo, New York. Oh, yeah, I would I would I would love to. You'll be our our subject matter expert on the subject. (laughs) That sounds great. And before we let you go, uh, when our listeners are ready to pitch you with their innovative products, What's the best way for them to reach you? You know, email really is is the best. I'm uh, nick.guy at buyside, B-U-Y-S-I-D-E, WSJ.com. Uh, I'm not one of those people who uh, will say, you know, you never can DM me, but a lot of times uh, that's not going to be the best way to get a hold of me. So email is best. Um, and I'll say in those emails, I understand it's important. There's a lot of information usually to convey, but because people in my position, we do get so many emails. I really, I, I recommend putting the the most important part right at the top. You know, let me know right off the bat what you're pitching me, uh, what's special about it, when it's available, how much it costs. Those very basic things that you can get out in just a few words. And then from there, if you want to attach a press release, you want to give more of the narrative, that's absolutely fine. I'll, ne- I'll never say don't include that, but make it really easy for me to see 
the important information right up top. And then I can make my decision rather than having to to dig through everything and kind of suss it out. How about attaching a photo or multiple photos of the product? Yeah, a photo is is always helpful just to give a sense of, you know, words can do so much, but to get a sense of style, get a sense of function, uh, a photo is is always a good idea. So Nick, thank you so much for your time and I really appreciate your thoughtful guidance and insights on what's going on with Byside. And we personally learned a lot as well. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Wow, what a really enlightening conversation. Now that you know what Nick is looking for, please feel free to reach out to him and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard him on our Hospitality Forward podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Also, for all media guests to date, you can find their information and episodes on our agency's website, www.annaleecommunications.com. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.